Welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is Peter C. Haywood. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. We were engaged for two years and, and then, then we, we broke, broke up. up and then we stopped talking to each other for a year and now we do a podcast together. Would you have a baby with me? If I can get you to cry next podcast, we'll have a hat trick. <laughs> you don't know this, but I have a very vivid image of what your penis looks like. What? <laughs> if I met you now, I do not think that I would go out with you. Oh my God. I think if I met you now, I'd, I'd fall more in love with you than I did the first time. This week, before we start, this is another two-parter episode. This first episode is about having kids. The second one after this really devolved into one of the most awkward fights we've had. But that's next week. For this week, we hope you enjoy a conversation about whether or not to have kids. Guess where I am? America. I'm in America. You know how I know that? Is it because of all the patriotism coming through the microphone? Actually, your hair is very blue today. Red, white, and blue. And you have stars on your shirt. (laughs) Not like American flag stars, just normal stars. No, because I have access to your calendar. So every time I look at my calendar, just get a little update. What's Peter up to? (laughs) Peter's in America. And then it said, it said Thanksgiving at dad's. And I was like, your dad's in America? Weird. (laughs) Huh. No, Lucy's dad is... uh... So I call it Canadian Thanksgiving and Lucy gets very annoyed. He's like, no, it's just Thanksgiving. And I'm like, it's not though. Like, really, it's not. Wait, and what's the difference? Uh, Canadian Thanksgiving is at the start of October. American Thanksgiving is the second or third Thursday in November. Why? There's no reason for a lot of it. Like, I haven't talked much about Canada as an experience. Uh, Canada is the worst parts of America combined with the best parts of Australia. Wait on, wait on. What? You will need to explain that more. Like, they have healthcare, and they, they pay their teachers, and uh, everyone gets, like, a good wage. And, you know, it's got a lot of the cool stuff from Australia. I don't think that Australia invented that, but it has some of the cool stuff that Australia also has. As someone from Australia, I'm like, this is all familiar. This is the stuff from Australia. And, like, a lot of okay, bike lanes. Okay. It's, 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 it's full of bike lanes. <laughs> I'm not saying Australia invented bike lanes, but like these are things that are familiar to me. So to me, they're from Australia. No, I just love the way you said that they had bike lanes as if, <laughs> is begrudgingly, like like a curmudgeon, as if it was a complaint. So many bloody bike lanes. No, I ride my bike all the time. I ride my bike every day. Huh. As well as that, they have tipping. And when you go to buy something, the fucking price does not include the tax. So oh, it'll say like yeah. $7 on the shelf and you'd be like, here's seven bucks. They're like, actually it's $8.30. And you're like, of course it is. Like restaurants are the worst. Cause it'll say like, I don't know, eight bucks. And you're like, okay, I can get that. And the bill comes, it's like $12 including the tip. And you're like, oh yeah, that was not $8. That just flat out was not $8. Okay. So I feel like your claim that Canada has all the worst bits of America was maybe a bit of an overstatement because Canada has like Justin Trudeau. That's the best part of Australia. No. (laughs) And America has like Donald Trump. He's not in power. Like Canada also has really, really dodgy politicians. I'm sure. Have you heard of Rob Ford? The actor? You think of Rob Lowe? Henry Ford? (laughs) (laughs) Robert... Redford. I'm thinking of Robert Redford. (laughs) Rob Ford was, I don't actually, like, this is one of those things I know the edges of the story, not the full story, but Rob Ford was the mayor of Toronto, I believe, for a long time. And he, like, openly did cocaine while he was the mayor and was, like, in many ways worse than Donald Trump. Okay, you haven't said anything yet that's made me think that he's worse than Donald Trump. I don't know the details, but like, look up Rob Ford and you'll be like, oh, this guy was like the mayor in Toronto for like years. So like they have the crazy, really crazy, crazy, crazy politicians, just not quite on the same scale because they don't have presidential elections. Have you seen, wait on, give me one second. Uh... You know, you started saying something. Then we're like, hey, have you, just give me a second. Okay. <laughs> you shut up. All right. <laughs> Hey, did you do something with it? Just leave it alone. He became embroiled in a substance abuse scandal, which was widely reported in the national and international media. And 
Following his admission, he refused to resign, but city council handed over his mayoral powers and office staff to deputy mayor. And then, like, years later, his brother ran for office or something. Like, like it's just a no, ridiculous years, situation. No, no, no. Years later, he contested the next mayoral election. Did he win? No. He was hospitalized and diagnosed with an ab- abdominal tumor. <laughs> anyway, my point is that, like, it has the fairly sensible political system of Australia. So, like, one of the best parts of Australia. And then the insane candidates, one of the worst parts of America. I just want to say I'm back in the U.S., uh, not for good, but I got a, a, like a, a visa so I can come and visit whenever I want, as long as I let them know when I'm leaving. And I have to hand in a slip of paper when I'm leaving to be like, definitely left. But I thought that the podcast audience might enjoy that update. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. You are back somewhere that you haven't been for a while as well. I'm in my house. My bin <laughs> smells weird. My plants. I think two of them have died. Everything is wonderful. You're back. You're home. I'm home again. Yeah, I went to Darwin to hang out with my partner's family and I just came home from being in my hometown, which is like two and a half hours away from Melbourne because it was my mom's birthday and I rode in, I I did a bike ride that was like, okay, so the bike ride was 46 Ks. That's so much. But I got... I got a flat tire immediately. <laughs> so you did zero Ks. No, 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 no. I got picked up by the sag wagon <laughs> and I replaced my tire. And by I, I mean not me. I mean definitely someone else. And then I got driven out to like the halfway point and I rode all the way back. So I ended up doing like 30 Ks. That is not what you told me yesterday. Yesterday when we were talking, you were like, I rode 46 Ks. Well, that sounds much better than I rode like five or six Ks and then I got a flat tire and then I went and replaced my tire and then I went and rode like 25 Ks. Yeah, that it, it sounds better because it's a lie. <laughs> like if I said to you, yeah, my Kickstarter made $41 million, you'd be like, that sounds amazing. And then the next day I'm like, oh, sorry, no, I made, made, made $87,000. Uh, <laughs> you see how it sounds better when it's just not the truth? I've just realized that that I've done this so much. <laughs> you don't even know who the real me is. Uh, speaking of Kickstarter, when this goes live, I'll have a Kickstarter, which you should check out at DraculasFeast.com. Stop listening to the podcast. Do that instead. I want you to listen to the podcast too. <laughs> too late. They're already gone. They heard me say that. They, <laughs> they, they, they're gone. You're going to be a first day backer? Yeah, this time round. This time round. First day backer. It launch, it, it's currently Saturday. It launches on Tuesday. So in our world, it's not live. But when you listen to this, it will be. I know. I have the launch date in my diary. Nice. So it will tell me. Nice job. So I will remember to back it. If I don't back it within the first week, that will be impressive. That will, that will be really... I'd be impressed. Like, not a good way. <laughs> <laughs> Appalled is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Appalled, impressed. They're really two sides of the same coin. When I did my last one, did you link to it on Facebook before you backed it? Yes. Yeah, I thought you did. You promoted it to people being like, man, people should back this without having actually... Not a huge deal, but just amusing to me. No, 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 no. Uh, I feel like you're over-exaggerating there. I did not say, everyone, back this. I said, hey, if you like board games and also I think maybe this podcast, then you should check this out. Peter's doing a game. And you probably had checked it out at that point. No, no, no. No, I had definitely looked at it. I just hadn't backed. And I didn't get your request. I didn't I didn't realize that, that getting a lot of backers, even if so, they were small, was really important. You, you know... But now I do. You know how you should have known that? Also, I would love a copy of Dracula's Feast. Do you know why you should have known that fact about backing my Kickstarter? Because... In a previous episode, like, recorded for posterity, I had told you that explicitly. No. Yep. No. Yep. If you listen back, there's a podcast where I'm like, hey, you should back it, even if it's just for dollars, huge deal. You're like, oh, I'll definitely do that. And then three episodes later, me, me, me being like, you never backed my, you never backed it. That's, that's, uh, but if you say it like that, it doesn't sink in. <laughs> like, if you say it explicitly to someone... It doesn't necessarily, you know, you can't expect them to <laughs> how are they gonna understand process. That? Yeah, how are they going to understand that? Jesus. <laughs> uh, so while you were in Darwin, you came to a revelation. Yes. 
that you love Darwin. You want to move there? Actually, Darwin was pretty cool. Yeah, I can imagine Darwin would be nice. Like, it was really warm. That was weird. <laughs> like, inviting, you mean? Like, comfortable? Uh, some bits it was too hot, but it was just easy. You solve it by just getting in some water. <laughs> Problem solved. That's the Darwin way. <laughs> also, everywhere inside is, like, heavily... I was going to say refrigerated, but I mean air-conditioned. That's the word I'm looking for. Air-conditioned. It's like if you go to places where it snows in the winter, it's really warm inside. And I'm used to places where it doesn't snow in, in Australia where... Did you ever see that news article? Uh, Australia's houses are basically tents. Oh, because we don't really... Yeah, because we don't really insulate that much and we don't really... Yeah, we have the shittiest insulation. And so I'm so used to like, when you're cold, it's cold inside and out. And then you go somewhere where it snows and they're like, no, obviously when it's snowing outside, we're going to make it warm inside because that makes sense. And you're like, that does make sense. That is a good system. (laughs) So Darwin's nice. There's lots of really pretty places you can go and like get in some water. I went to some hot springs. This episode sponsored by Darwin. The Darwin Tourism Board. <laughs> Actually, I went to the the Darwin Wildlife Park. That was really cool. <laughs> Great pace for families. <laughs> okay, so there was a lot of kids and that was less cool. It made me realize that if you have kids, you end up going to a lot of places where there's a lot of other kids. You don't like kids? No, I don't not like kids. I like kids, I realized. This is your revelation, wasn't it? This is my revelation is I like kids. Kids are cool. They're really interesting. But like, I also like things like, okay, so there's this place in around the corner from where I live. It's called Hellenic Republic. They make really good salted caramel, pistachio shortbread, rice pudding. It's so freaking good. <laughs> and you like that more than kids? No, I really <laughs> like that rice pudding. But I do not want that rice pudding all the time. But you said you said you really liked it. I don't understand. Yeah, but if you eat the pudding like all the time, it's the only thing you eat. You it stops being special. <laughs> okay. I I think I think for me, I've never really I've never really hung out with kids like twenty four seven, almost twenty four seven, for like more than two two days, and I wasn't even really doing that much. Like that's just. Let's just be real. I wasn't I wasn't really doing a lot. You weren't the primary caretaker of these kids. Absolutely not. But I witnessed what it takes to look after kids. It takes so much energy. Oh my god. Until you spend time with new parents, I feel like it's really hard to appreciate your own parents. I know. I just went home and hung out with my family. Okay, so I was not going to go home because I just got back from Darwin. I was really tired. But having just hung out with another family, it made me realize how great my parents were. And it was my mum's birthday. So I was like, look, you definitely, I sh- yes, I should definitely come home. <laughs> yeah. And then we talk, We asked mum, it was my mum's birthday. So we tried to get all the stories out of her about the times that she absolutely lost her shit at us. Like, because we'd done something awful and she really didn't have very many. My mom is... A calm person. Very, very calm. Yeah. Your parents are great. I really like them. Yeah, I have really great parents. They're really, really lovely. Shit at breakup advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they're not that great at breakup advice because they've never been out with anyone except each other. But that's okay. They're very supportive nonetheless. Um... (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it really made me appreciate my own parents of just like exactly how much work is involved so much work and it doesn't end yeah there's no like nine through five of parenting particularly the other thing that i realized is like i thought like oh if you're gonna have one you may as well have two right like oh and then if you're gonna have two you may as well have three you know like like the difference between Zero and one is big. The difference between <laughs> one, in th- one and three is like nothing. That is so not true. Oh, you reckon? That's absolutely not true. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the difference between zero and one is much bigger than the difference between one and two. Yeah. But... Would you say the difference between zero and one is the same as the difference between one and three? 
I just think that those things kind of aren't comparable <laughs> because if you don't have any kids, your life is just completely different. Yeah. Empty. <laughs> <laughs> some might say, some might say. So granted, you have two kids that are kind of on the same schedule, but it means you have to put two kids to bed and wash two kids and and like then both of them don't really want to go to sleep or, you know, you have to. Do you, want, do you want to hear something that sounds dumb but is actually apparently true? Yes. Once you get to about like five to seven, the older ones start raising the younger ones and it becomes a lot easier. It becomes like a self-sustaining machine. I am not surprised by that. I have friends who, I think they have, how many kids do they have? Eight? Nine? Quite a lot. I feel bad that I don't remember. <laughs> Eight or nine kids. <laughs> yeah. And they really do. They really do. They have the best Kris Kringles. Oh, yeah, that'd they, be great. Because they have enough enough people. But, yeah, once you have enough, then... But you have to have a significant number before <laughs> that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, if you think about how long you might be in that role for, like, if you chose not to work while you're having kids. So if you have one kid, you might be that... You might be this, like, primary caregiver for, like, the first, you know... Four years. And then you could go back to part-time work or full-time work. Yeah. Yeah. But if you have a second kid, maybe two years later, extend that to six years. Yeah. And if you want to have three kids, like, it just keeps, you know, (laughs) wow, that is a long time. I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you ever changed a nappy? No. See, I I was nine when my littlest brother was born. And the idea of him as a baby is so weird now because we do a podcast together. Like, he's an adult with opinions. But I was known when he was born, and I definitely changed his nappy a few times. And my amazing friend Kate has an amazing daughter, Ada, and I changed her nappy when she was a baby as well. And, like, she, she's my primary experience of hanging out with kids. Yeah. Uh, and, like, that whole family is just amazing. That's, that's probably probably one of your primary experiences of hanging out with kids too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except I, I've always been in the role of, like, I'm not very good with kids. Yeah. No, I am great with kids. So none of my siblings have kids. And I don't have I don't have a lot of experience of it, like, extended family and hanging out with their kids. And I don't have a lot of friends with kids. And you're the youngest. And, yeah, I'm the youngest in my family. So I have, like, almost no experience with children, <laughs> like, compared to some other people. Like my friend who's the second eldest of like nine kids, he has a lot of experience with kids. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I really don't. Like this was quite a significant, going and spending time with um, my partner's family was quite a significant chunk. Like that's, m- that's, of all the experiences I've had with kids, that was probably all more than all of them put together. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't changed a nappy. That does not intimidate me that much. Really? There's a lot of squirming. Uh, yeah. I mean, to me, that's not the, that's not the thing that like... That's <laughs> not the sounds... deciding factor. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm like, yeah, that's the thing that happens. Like, but yeah, no, I'm not I, I, like... I was just curious because I like that's been a part of my experience since I was nine. And so I just realized that it probably hadn't been with yours. I also realized that I have this funny association with my re- interaction with kids like that I'm not... Because I don't feel like I'm good with kids. I'm not confident with kids, which makes sense given that I haven't had a lot of experience with kids. There's some part that feels like like I'm not a like proper woman. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. And so being around, being around kids is this like source of shame that I'm just like, A, shit at it, and B, shit at being a woman, which I think is, I think is, I think is stupid. Yeah, but but nevertheless, sense. I feel that way. And kids have such a magnificent way of crushing you so easily, <laughs> like w- with with their preferences. Like because I'm sh- shit at it. Like like there was one night where one of the kids didn't want to give me a kiss goodnight or something like that, and <laughs> it hurt way more than it should have. <laughs> I, I was like, ow. <laughs> See, I like, am really really good with kids a because i just love them like i just adore kids uh i want to have a bunch of them i love being around them like they're, they're just a good time for me but mostly okay so a because i like them b because i treat them like humans which a lot of people just don't do like i will tease a kid in the same way as i will tease you or tease a friend like and kids are not used to that kids are used to like being spoken down to or being 
treated as as an other and if you treat them like a person then they really like they really dig that but i think the main reason that kids like me is because i'm basically a cartoon character wait and because of the hair i wear really bright colorful clothes i have blue hair i make silly faces at them like and you're racist <laughs> what <laughs> How is that a cartoon character trait? I was just trying to make a Peter joke and it worked. Oh, you, you nailed it. Yeah, no. I nailed it. <laughs> Didn't make sense, but it made me laugh. So. <laughs> Powerful credit. Um, yeah, like I am very memorable and silly and yeah, I'm, I'm basically a cartoon character. And kids like cartoons, so I do very well with kids. But like there's got to be a point at which you're not the cartoon Like, you know, if you're a parent... Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying like as a parent. I'm saying like as oh, a person you're saying who they meet. as a person. Yeah, no. If if I had kids, blue hair would be a standard part of their like. They wouldn't even think that was weird. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's like my friend Sonia has a, a daughter Aurora, who, and and, and uh, Sonia's husband has like a massive biker beard and he's covered with tattoos. And some people have actually asked Sonia like, "Isn't your daughter afraid of him?" Like, no, why the, like, think about it for a second. Think about it for one second. Does it make sense for a kid to have preconceptions about tattoos and big beards? No. Obviously not. That's nonsense. So similarly, like, my kids are going to be like, yeah, dads have blue beards. That's just part of being a dad, I guess. So I think one thing that I realized that was kind of scary but maybe also nice the decision whether or not to have kids has been something i've been thinking about for the last two years quite solidly like since we broke up yes because with me it was like uh we're gonna have kids and then you're like oh that is no longer like a threat looming over my head <laughs> oh yeah i was like the decision is already made for me <laughs> yeah perfect i love that we had a healthy relationship <laughs> yeah because i fit i slotted in so nicely with you because you just make the narrative and then <laughs> one at the time you're trying to do it less now but make the narrative and then expect other people to slot in and i perfectly liked other like someone else making all the decisions for me that was great so that's why it was really difficult when we broke up because i was like fuck yeah i gotta think about what i want to be and who i want to be yeah exactly it was really convenient to not have to think about that <laughs> there's this thing that happens they they have done research the kids uh, yeah, the kids. The kids have done research. And they found that like when, when you're going through, I, I think it's actually market researchers have found that when you're going through a major life event, like, I mean, it depends what you count as major, but like a breakup or a death of someone close to you, like something that changes changes your situation. Maybe you move countries, whatever. That's a point at which you're going to be really prone to like changing your brand that you are loyal to? Have you read the article about the guy who did the market research for Target? No. It is one of the best articles online. I'll send you a link. We'll put a link in the show notes and I'll send it to you. And uh, basically, he was in charge of, of direct mailing catalogs to people. Oh, yeah. I know about this, I think. That was the story. It's such a, it's such a good article. Um, basically, they interview this guy. And then at some point, he has to stop interviewing them because his boss, Target, was like, nope, not allowed to talk to him anymore. He's just a, like a data nerd. He was just really into the data. And so he's, he's the one who like was talking about those theories and being like, if someone's from your purchasing habits, they knew these things about you. So like they could look at your purchase history and your current purchases and be like, oh, that person's probably just broken up with someone or had a death in the family, like some major change. Or that person's definitely pregnant because they are using non-scented soaps. Right. And so that's what the, that's like the, the hook of the story is they sent a catalog to a teenage girl with like baby stuff and her father found it and sent them this furious, like called them angrily and sent this furious letter being like, how dare you assume that my daughter is pregnant? And then a week later found out that his daughter was pregnant. Target knew his daughter was pregnant before he did. And since then they've started masking it. So they won't send you a, a, a thing just full of baby clothes or whatever. They'll send you one that's like, hey, tractors and baby clothes. <laughs> so it doesn't, like, at a glance, it's not obviously targeting you, but you're not going to care about the tractors. You're going to skim over that and then be like, oh, baby clothes, actually. Really good, really good piece. I think it's also terrifying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get terrified by that stuff. I probably should, but I just don't. I just, like, <laughs> I don't care if, 
I'm not saying like they should be able to, but this is just a fact. I don't care if Target knows what I buy or like knows stuff about my life because this is not this is not something for everyone, but I have zero shame or privacy. And in fact, do a very public podcast where I talk about my deepest secrets on a weekly basis. See, I, you may not be aware, but I also do a podcast. <laughs> what? Where I talk you should about get me on sometime. <laughs> some of my deepest secrets. I'd love to, I'd love to be a guest. That'd be delightful. Oh yeah, maybe. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and I still, I, I'm still private. Yeah, I'm not at all. I have zero private phones. <laughs> No jealousy bone, no privacy bone. <laughs> anyway, the point that I was going to make was that when we broke up, it was like having to like rechoose every brand of thing that I bought and also every idea or philosophy that I believed to be true, including should you have kids? I think that spending so much time with kids made me really confused about how often people just ha- just have kids. Yeah, no, it's it's insanity. <laughs> Emphasis on the just. I was like, wow, wow. Like that's, it's so, it's, it's an unbelievable amount of work. It's not like buying a car. Well, I have, I also have, and this happened when we were together as well. I have recurring baby related nightmares. <laughs> And it's a weird nightmare because it turns out being a really nice dream, usually where I have a baby and the baby, like everything's not awful. Like I'm like, this is lovely. But then I lose it like a set of car keys, like something like that. Like an episode of Friends. Yeah, like an episode of Friends. And this time while I was up in Darwin, I had a dream where I had a baby, but it wasn't my baby, but I was looking after it and I could fit it in my palms like and and for some reason I wanted to hide it and because I was hiding it under my clothes I killed it. Oh no. <laughs> no, it wasn't that graphic. It wasn't that oh, graphic. But that there poor wasn't dream like baby. I know the poor dream baby and he could fit in my hands and I just oh, saw him and he was blue. Oh my god, that's really don't tell me these things. Sorry. Remember Sorry. the Venn diagram? <laughs> I know, but this isn't this isn't this is a dream. Yeah, but of a tiny minuscule baby. Don't, stop talking about it. <laughs> Jesus. Wow, okay. I'd... I don't think about a tiny dead blue baby. Just not dead, just not alive anymore. That's dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's what those words mean. Anyway, it was really, really sad and I felt really bad because it wasn't my baby. Um, Wait, so it would be okay if it was? So there would be different feelings. Right, okay. You said it was really, really sad because it wasn't my baby. <laughs> it was worse because it wasn't my baby is the correct Yeah. The correct thing I meant to say. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to just let that one go, yep. The, it, it was the thing I meant to say. I know, but like, is it worse? Okay, cool, carry on. I don't know if, I don't know if it's worse. It's I not just, like, it's, it's, I made it, definitely... I can kill it. That's not how the law or like morality works. Obviously, that's not, it's still really bad. You just don't have the, the separate other other guilt. Like you still have a lot of guilt. You just don't have the other guilt as well. <laughs> of like, it's okay, yeah, okay, I'm with you. Cool. Yeah, so I'm confused about how people go into, it's, I just think that maybe that's just, maybe that's a, it's a cultural imperative that means that our species stays alive. It's it's also a biological thing. Yeah. Like, sex feels really good. Yes. It makes sense that people accidentally have kids that way. Yeah, no, no, no. That's totally makes sense. I get how that works now. I mean... <laughs> now that you've had sex. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Paul just got back from Israel where he's visiting his uh, his wife's family. And I haven't looked this up, but he said that the birth rate in Israel is about 1.9 kids per person. So like the average couple will have four plus kids. No, they'll have they'll have 3.6. Th- th- first of all, 3.8. And secondly, not everyone is in a couple. Oh, 3.8. Yeah, not everyone is in a... Oh, okay. So like... Imagine, like, America has a really high birth rate compared to Australia or other, other Western countries. And Israel just, like, blows it out of the water to the point where, like, you would have kids. Well, it is a cultural thing. It's just a thing that you do. You have kids. And he was saying, like, as a result, 
there are a lot of very poor parenting decisions being made on a daily basis because people who don't necessarily want kids have them anyway and then like take them out with them at night. (laughs) One of the new points that I've come to, which has been really nice and that I kind of solidly realized over the last week was that if I don't want kids, that's okay. And that sounds silly that I didn't already know that. No, no, you, you have to get there. It makes sense. So for me, it didn't feel so much like a choice. It felt like I couldn't have kids because of the way I am. Does that make sense? I don't think you're that ugly. <laughs> I think you'll find someone eventually who is not repulsed enough that they might have sex with you. Maybe just the once, but I think it's doable. Well, I just had sex this morning, so fuck you. <laughs> um. <laughs> Did you, like... I'm just trying to explore this thought process. You're like, I've got to prove to Peter that I have had sex because he doesn't believe I've ever had sex. <laughs> um. <laughs> Do you mean because of mental health stuff? Yeah. So, so for me, it felt like there was just no way that I'd be able to do it because of like mental like because of i can hardly look after myself let alone another kid oh see i thought i I know a lot of people who suffer from mental health issues and they don't have kids because they're afraid of passing it on genetically oh yeah i mean that's the thing but like before i come to that argument there's just the there's the one before that which is And I know some people who've said that they struggled with mental health stuff and then when they had kids, it became a lot easier. But, like, that's something that you... That's a, that sounds... Yeah, I'm suspicious of that. I, I've, I, I don't think that that's the case for everyone, but I know a few people for whom okay. that's I, I the thought, case. I thought I'm not promoting it as a cure. A cure, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I mean, some things is, like, that I've heard is like they have more routine and generally having more routine, you know, is, is, is better for your mental health. Yeah. Can be good. And I think a lot of pretty much everyone that I've spoken to who has kids has said that they just give so many less fucks about so many things <laughs> since they've had kids. As in their priorities shifted or they're just given up on life? No, just like anxieties that they used to have. They just do not give a fuck about that thing anymore because right. it just seems so unimportant. It sounded like, um, I have a kid and now everything is meaningless. No, 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 no. <laughs> I have a kid and now that is so meaningful that everything else is less meaningful. In a, in a way that is, is, is freeing in some way. Brings the world into focus in a, in a useful way. Yeah. I mean, that's some people. So every, everyone's different, of course. But I think for me, a big source of shame was the idea that I couldn't have kids because I was limited by my mental health and that was really difficult to move through. But what's interesting is that recently I've been like, oh, and this is so much to do with how I identify with my own experiences. Like for me, the process of unlinking shame from how and who I am is very, it's been very time intensive and it's not over. Um, and a lot of that has been to do with reassessing how I identify with these experiences. But what that means is that I don't feel trapped in the same way. And this is me personally, you know, other people are going to identify with their stuff differently. But that means that when I look at this question of like, should you have kids? I'm not like, oh, well, there's something wrong with me and that's deeply painful and I can't have kids because of that. I feel like yeah, maybe I'm like this and maybe that means that having kids wouldn't be a really great experience for me. And that's okay. Like, I'm not like, I'm broken. I can't be a normal person. I'm like, oh, maybe this thing just isn't for me. And that's feel, like, that feels much more at, at peace. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing is I've been listening to and reading a lot of Alain de Botton, which is a contemporary philosopher who I would have definitely spoken about before. Um, he has a new book. This is not an ad for it, although it kind of is. I'm just not being paid for it. <laughs> uh, he has a new book called The Course of Love, and it 
tells the story of a, a marriage, like from the moment they met kind of thing. And them getting married, having kids, and all the stresses that go through that. But then it has sort of interspersed through it kind of philosophical ideas and unpackings of what's going on or like how this could have been different or like how what's happened here is informed by romanticism and all this kind of stuff. A lot of it is not new to me because I have binge watched the the School entire of Life. entire channel. <laughs> yeah, the School of Life. Not the entire channel, basically all of the ones on relationships. So the School of Life have a YouTube channel and they have like five minute videos about like why work is easier than love and the sex-starved relationship and how to know if you should break up and blah, blah, blah. And then they have a whole bunch of stuff around a whole other areas, but a lot of them are about relationships. And reading that book was really helpful to look at like how we form these relationships and then how we end up in these situations and and what to do about them. And he has a video which I'll link to called The Horrors of Children, which I think I might have talked about here before. I can't even remember. No, you haven't. But in it, he he sort of talks about like some of the, and not everyone's going to agree with it, obviously, because people have really different attitudes towards having kids. But that there's a bunch of stuff that happens when you have kids that is kind of unspoken. And the ethos or the ethos, but the point that the video gets to is kind of, look, if you have kids at one point, you'll regret it, like most certainly. If you don't have kids, you'll most certainly regret that at some point as well. And that both of them are actually, and I love his cynicism, both of them are actually just different types of miserable and you just have to choose which miserable kind of suits you better. I cannot imagine a world in which I regret having kids, even for an instant. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Oh, see, I can imagine that so easily. Right, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But, like, I was trying to think if that was a universal truth, and then I was like, no, like, I am going to have kids. That is a fact. Like, I want to have kids so much. I posted that video on my Facebook page a while ago, and, like, people, that's why I said, like, people are going to have different responses to that idea. For me, that perfectly... Like, that was very comforting. But for some people, they were like, that is absolutely not how I feel. But I I, I find his writing really comforting and helpful. <laughs> Most of it's about, like, when you've got a hard decision, it's because it's two different types of suffering and you're not sure which one is better. Yeah, it's like the last episode we did was about me being like, hey, I can have an awesome career in this or an awesome career in that. I don't know what to do. That That's not a choice between two types of suffering. That's like... Two really joyous choices, and that is that is the direction I try to lead my life. Well, I mean, there's that too, but he mostly deals with the difficult stuff. Like his writing is mostly about really difficult things. I think my really difficult that, like, choices. my choices are difficult. Sure. Anyway, I appreciate his cynicism. I don't. I choose not to always see the world that way, but I think that it's at some points it is very helpful. This is like uh, the O.J. Simpson thing all over again. Like you like to steep yourself in misery to feel better. Not misery, in just like a bit of pessimism. <laughs> I understand the harms of using Alan de Botton and I'm taking a harm <laughs> minimization approach. <laughs> so you are like pretty set on not having kids? I don't know. I'm definitely... We'll have to change our intro. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm, I am old enough to know that I really don't know, which is that I... You know, I probably still have 10 more years. 10 good child re- childbearing years in you? Before I'm going to go, okay, well, that decision is done. Maybe longer, like 15, 13, like Maybe. a lot of years. <laughs> You're pushing it at that point. Yeah, no, 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 I know. But like then you can go to like IVF or, you know, if you really wanted to. I... But like 10 years, and I think the thing that terrifies me the most is that I have 10 years of thinking about this decision. Right. That's exhausting. That's exhausting because... You don't have to spend the whole 10 years thinking about it. Yeah, I can do do some other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But like if you have a kid, then the decision is made and then at least you you, you have removed the decision fatigue, you know, of that 
But then I was also like, what if I just like make a decision and then I just don't have the decision fatigue? Or it could be like, you know. Do your siblings want kids? Uh, at least one of them, I think, does. But is like, it depends. I am the most likely of my family to have kids by far because I'm definitely having kids. But even ignoring that, I am the most likely because my sister is asexual and I don't think my brother can have kids. There's a very high chance he won't be able to. He was born with a penis missing and so he just can't produce sperm because that's how that works. Wait on. He doesn't have a penis. Wait on. He was born with one of his penises missing. The what? (laughs) (laughs) Do you not know how biology works? So the man has two penises, the one that is just for urinating and then the one that is for making babies. <laughs> Are you talking about a bisected penis? No, that's, that's how all penises work. Have you ever seen a guy making babies and going to the bathroom at the same time? It can't happen. Now that I come to think about it. One penis retracts inside the body and the other penis comes out. You know, echidnas do that. Except they, <laughs> they, have four, they have four penises and they have two that go at once and then when they're done, the other two go. I'm going to have to make sure they're okay with me talking about this. But yeah, my sister is asexual. So she, she wants kids, but it's not like super high on the priority list because of asexuality. And my brother was born with, I can't even remember what it is. I should wait know. Wait, 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 wait. Why is it not on the high priority list because you're asexual? You mean as in like, it's probably not, it's not going to accidentally happen. Oh, it's definitely not going to accidentally happen. But also being asexual makes it, I think we've talked about this in the past, makes it much harder to date generally. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And also, I I think like, I don't think she is particularly like, I'm definitely going to have kids. Uh, And my brother, I can't remember what it is, but he has something where he's probably not able to. And so because he's said before, it's the lack of second (laughs) penis. Uh, Possible. He's missing one of the penises, but they don't know which one it is because he never goes to the bathroom or has kids. So it's really hard to tell. Wow. You'd think they'd have formed a test for that. (laughs) <laughs> it's so rare such a rare condition and so because he's known that his entire life he's kind of grown up being like yeah probably won't have kids and that like he's totally come to terms with that and it's not something that he's like oh but i want to have kids and so they are both really chuffed that i am definitely having kids because then they get to like be around kids without having to go through that whole process of having them yeah see i really want one of my siblings to have kids so that then i can be around some kids but like not be ultimately responsible for those children <laughs> You get, but wouldn't that result in a possible blue baby? That's what. Uh, That's what my dream says. Yeah, um, you get to be the cool aunt. You get to be the cool wacky aunt. Yeah, and like, you know, do cool stuff with them. Like, give them drugs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is that what aunts do? The moment cool they're aunts. born. <laughs> Can I just hold the baby for a second? SJ, is that? Oh my god! Just don't, don't put the marijuana <laughs> in the baby. Oh god, doctor. <laughs> I'm a cool aunt. I'm a cool aunt. <laughs> I'm a cool aunt. But do you think that uh, this is like very binary? But do you think that men, from my understanding, men don't have as much anxiety around the whole should I have a baby? Yeah, absolutely. It, a large part of it is that like you can have a kid up until you're 80 if you're a guy. Like the odd the odds of um of of uh, health problems increase. This is something that I've just recently discovered. Like the odds of, of having uh, Down syndrome in, in the child. I don't know how to say that. The odds of the child having Down syndrome or other such conditions rapidly increases as the guy gets older. That's relatively new information. But the fact is like Charlie Chaplin had a kid when he was 80. No fucking way. Uh, that's what I've heard. I don't know that for sure. But my understanding is that like he had a kid when he was 80. Wait but on. Generally... Wait on. <laughs> this needs to be fact-checked. That is ridiculous. Charlie Chaplin has a website? Obviously he has a website. He doesn't update it, but he still has it. Like, he's one of the most famous figures in history. He definitely has a website. Wow, he looks really different without his makeup on. (laughs) Okay, so... You and your societal expectations for men. Wow. He has... No, he looks very, very beautiful. (laughs) He had four wives and... Wait on. He was born in... 1889. His oldest child was born December... Th- uh, sorry, his youngest child was born December 3rd, 1959. So that would make him... 
No, really. You oh, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> what year was he born? 89? Yeah. 70. So he was 70 when, it hit, when he had his youngest child. Okay, so not 80, but that's old. That so is my, old. My, my point is that the societal, like the... the the weight of like, ah, oh, I've got to make this choice now is just not the same for guys because biologically we are able to have kids way older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if people are interested in this, you should definitely read The Wife Drought uh, by Annabelle Crabb. I've definitely talked about it before, but that was a terrifying book to me to read, to think about like career and having children and just fuck, like how... Does your partner want kids? Um, he, <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, not, not like, not like, uh, apathetic, but just like. It sounds pretty apathetic. No, 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 not apathetic. Like, oh yeah, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like, if we have kids, that's fine. Like, not like that. Like, just not sure. In the same way that I am. Right. But we both, like, we both throughout the week were like, wow, this is so much work. <laughs> um, oh, one thing that was interesting that came out of hanging out with kids, though, was that it, uh, it helped us be nicer to each other. Like, we were already really nice to each other, but, like, I think we've just been, I think we've been doing a lot of talking and unpacking of, like, the, the fragile parts of ourselves you know the the like the like child bits you know the the scared afraid bits and um hanging out with kids kind of made us treat each other a bit more like kids but it was like it was like hanging out with and treating someone like a kid who was also really really appreciative (laughs) (laughs) like in the way that kids can't because they don't understand because they don't understand the context yeah they don't have the context to understand what like what's being done for them and also i should mention the kids that i hung out with were ace kids they were they were like the best scenario kids if you had kids you would want those kids and their 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 parents like work like really hard and do a lot of uh like really great work in terms of figuring out how to set up structures and systems and work with them and nurture them in all the right ways and it was still so much work. Oh my gosh. It's it's a full like it's a full on thing. It's not something you can kind of do casually. Yeah. Yes. It's like another full time job. Yeah. After you and I broke up, I went and stayed with Kate, who I was talking about earlier, and her daughter Ada and Ada's father, Kieran. The whole family. I stayed with the family. <laughs> it's just hit four AM here, so I'm a little bit drifty. So after you and I broke up, I went and stayed with Kate and Ada and Kieran. And for, I, was, I was there for probably, I don't know, a bit under two months. And I just loved it. Like, I loved being around the family unit. Because I haven't done that since I was part of my family, which I, I'm still part of my family. But I haven't done that since, like, I haven't lived with kids since I lived at home with my brother and sister who were kids. And I just enjoyed it so much. Yeah, so... So what do you like about it? Because I really was thinking that I was like, what are the good things about having kids? But I really didn't want to ask that because I thought it might be rude. (laughs) So for me personally, the stuff that I really enjoy about kids is, first of all, I like people. I just genuinely like people and kids are little people. There's like smaller versions of humans. You are, I think... Yeah, I, think I, just, there. I just Googled it. You are correct. Uh, it wasn't 10 years off like with Charlie Chaplin? Yeah, no, no, no. Not even. You're right. And so it's it's like they're, this is going to sound like I'm being glib or whatever, but it's like they're raw humans. Like you get to see humans in their base form before they get a lot of like guilt and before they get a lot of societal stuff. And like like I was saying with, you know, the, the beard and the tattoos, like a kid doesn't care about beard and tattoos. That's something you have to teach a kid. You have to be like, hey, judge this kind of person. And so kids are just like raw reaction to everything, which I find really interesting. They're constantly fascinating to me. I love hearing their opinions on things because they don't know how to have an opinion. So it's a real opinion. (laughs) Like if I said to you, hey, what did you think of that movie? Not, Not even that, like that definitely, but even a level behind that. If I said to you, what did you think of that movie? You would mentally compare it to every other movie 
and evaluate it within that context. Oh, sure. You wouldn't you wouldn't just be like that movie made me happy or that movie made me sad or like I liked that because it made me these feelings. Whereas kids are able to do that. Yes. Yeah. 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 And the other thing I like is because I do like people, you get to shape a person. <laughs> like I love creating. I really like working on board games and scripts and I know comics and all kinds of stuff and podcasts and whatever. And you get to shape something. This is like that with a human. Like part of the reason I'm so into board games is you create this thing and then it goes out into the world and it has its own life and people develop their own strategies for it and all that. Being around kids is that to the millionth degree (laughs) because you, you like help form this thing and then it literally goes out and has its own life. Not in a miracle, not in a metaphorical sense. It literally has its own life. So the th- I like I I've got those two things. So they're fascinating. I get that fascinating raw human to shaping them. But like I'm like, but you could just hang out with some kids and and sort of do that. Not as much, but you know, right? Right. But if you like, like those things, why would you want less of that? Oh, see. No, no, no. I would like less. <laughs> <laughs> I would like less of those things. Also, I think part of that is that, the, particularly the second one about shaping things, is that I get a lot of satisfaction and meaning and feeling like I'm giving from the stuff that I already do. Like if I was going to be completely pragmatic, it's like I could spend all of that time putting it into like, a couple of people or I could spend that same time and energy on like less intense but more people does that sound I I I feel like it makes sense I understand what you're saying no no no, it makes sense I feel a bit arrogant making that comparison but when I see the sheer amount of energy that goes into those two things I've just and I have a friend who has chosen not to have kids and I remember asking them about it a few years ago and they said like they they see themselves as like kind of like a father figure in a different way and they do work that's really meaningful to them and that's meaning really meaningful to the people that they engage with like changes their lives yeah yeah absolutely and so to me i can actually i can actually really relate to that in terms of like do you get to feel like i shape in some ways like not in a, you know like in yeah yeah in as the way that you, you can you know, influence another person and I already find that really satisfying. Okay, so, I mean, I'm, I'm arguing on terms that like are, are kind of foreign to me, but uh, let's keep going down this pragmatic path. Why have we done 45 episodes of this podcast instead of just appearing in a single episode of 45 other podcasts? Uh, oh, well, I mean, I understand your comparison. You definitely have more impact if you like stay with the one thing. Don't, don't half-ass two things, full-ass one thing. Parks and Rec. If I had kids... Like, I would I would half-ass the other stuff that is currently meaningful to me. No, but my my point is you're talking about like why would I why would I put a lot of energy into one person when I put a little of energy into a lot of people? Like, why would you do one thing really well when you could do a bunch of stuff just a little bit? When you could, why would you why would you work really hard to improve one thing instead of working really hard to slightly improve many things? Yeah, I suppose that comparison is like there's it's unanswerable i'm responding to your point <laughs> yeah no i understand i'm just saying like putting a little bit into a lot of people isn't half-assing it is in the sense of like what you're talking about like why would i put all my energy into into shaping one person when i could put all my energy into slightly affecting many people because you're like you you not that you control your children or like you are responsible for what your children become or anything like that but you could create a whole person who you could give a really good life to one person as much as a parent can give a good life to a kid instead of slightly improving the life of a lot of people. Yeah, but like if I don't make the kid, then then like it's no different. Like it so minus kid hopefully improve in some <laughs> small way a bunch of people's lives. Right? Like you're adding yeah. value to the world. And then if I have a kid, then I put a kid into the world and I put all the energy there and then the rest, you know what I mean? I mean, okay. So first of all, I don't think that by having a kid, you don't do other projects. Uh, 
as evidenced by the millions of people who have had kids and done really amazing projects. Yeah, but I'm not even sure. I Yeah, obviously, obviously. But I'm not sure if I can do that. Secondly, like, you're acting as if the person who you create, and I mean literally you create this person, doesn't improve a lot of lives. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Like, think, think of how many lives... Think of how many people have improved your life and think of how many lives you have improved. If your parents had never had you, then that improvement would have happened. So the comparison falls down in a bunch of different ways, I think. I think about that particularly when I think about the friends of mine who were kind of accidents, like, and who know that. And some of them are really dear friends of mine. And then, like, my partner's an accident. Then when I, you know, when I look at him, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that you exist. But also, like, you don't miss what you don't know. Yeah, absolutely. But you you were saying that by not having a kid, you can create more joy net. But if you think about the amount of joy that a kid would create, I think the, the maths falls down. I'm not saying you should have a kid. I'm saying, like... No, 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 no. But there's a bunch of other factors, which is, like... Or thoughts, anyway, which is like, what kind of world and I, am I bringing a kid into global warming? Uh, yeah, the, the carbon footprint of a kid is massive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe they won't be a person that adds value to the world. They could be someone who does the opposite. I mean, that's very subjective, but you know. It's also, I don't know, I think if, if you're a decent parent it's pretty unlikely also they could ruin your life they could ruin your life they could it's true i don't know like you could say the same about this podcast we do this podcast to try to make the world better and because it's fun there is a chance this podcast makes the world worse like you can't make decisions based on that but what if you make a kid to try and make the world better but you also don't enjoy it then definitely don't do that oh okay this is the first time where you've said you don't, you know. I'm not saying you should have a kid at all. In no in no way is that my, my stance. I don't know. A couple of years ago, you have changed your <laughs> tune, mister. You're right. Over, over two and a half years, I have somehow changed as a person. <laughs> well, previously you were like, I want, I want, what did you say? I think you said you wanted 20 kids. And I was like, haha, what a funny joke. I would love to have 20 kids. Exactly. And I was like, what the fuck? He's serious. And you're like, okay, we'll settle for 12. And I was like, what? <laughs> I might have started at 20 to like talk you down to 12. <laughs> <laughs> talk you up to 12. Oh my God. So my point is like, if you don't want to have a kid, don't have a kid. But don't not have a kid because... It might, like, don't don't not have a kid for really dumb reasons in the same way as don't do anything for really dumb fucking reasons. Wait, what's a dumb reason? What if that kid turns out to be evil? Like, that's not a sensible basis for making any kind of decision in the world. Yeah, but what, what it, so wait on, let me just checklist whether these reasons are dumb reasons. Carbon footprint of kid? I think that's a really dumb reason to not have a kid. Okay. Because, I'm just like, checking. Okay, <laughs> you don't need any more than that. Just wanted to see, dumb or not dumb. Let's play the game. <laughs> I think I would resent them. Amazing reason to not have a kid. Okay, good reason to not have a kid. Um, it looks like too much work. I mean, that, that's a good reason. That makes sense. Like, it looks like a lot of work. That's a fact. It looks like too much work is you saying, I don't want to do that amount of work. For me, it looks like a lot of work, and I want to do that work. Like, that's super interesting to me. I feel like it would take away from the other things that I would like to do. That's very much linked to the resent one. Yeah, by itself, not a great reason. Oh, no, but is it a dumb or not dumb reason? It's not a dumb reason, no. <laughs> it's not a great reason, but it's not a dumb reason. I'd prefer to just hang out with other people's kids. That's a great... That's just, I don't want to have a kid. <laughs> If you say, I prefer, or too much effort, like, that's an opinion. That's you saying, my opinion is, I don't want to have a kid. That is a great reason. Perfect. Definitely don't have a kid if that is the reasoning. How about, I can't even look after myself, let alone a kid? Eh, medium reason. No, no, no. There are only two categories. It is binary. <laughs> not, dumb not dumb, or I not guess. dumb. <laughs> not dumb, verging on dumb. Wait on, wait on. Wait on. Because my, because my partner wants to have kids... But you don't or do? Like, 
It's got to factor into it. Uh, I don't, but my partner wants to have kids. Dumb reason to have a kid. <laughs> I don't care, but my partner wants to have a kid. Not a dumb reason. Here's one. I'm pregnant and I don't want to get an abortion. Oh, that's an interesting one. I need other, I need other factors. Like, is it I'm afraid of the abortion clinic? Because that's a dumb reason. Why is that a dumb reason? Like, you can be afraid of needles. You still have to get your fucking vaccine. <laughs> Wow, you are harsh. If it's like, I'm afraid of the abortion clinic because people go in there and get killed by the doctor, great reason. If it's, I'm afraid of the abortion clinic because it's new and it's scary, really dumb reason to have a kid. (laughs) Oh my God, that would be awful. Okay, but what if you just, you felt like you shouldn't get an abortion? Like morally. That's that's a podcast in itself. Uh, I thought you might just give some definitive answer. Because sometimes you do that. (laughs) It's what I'm known for. That is where we're going to end it this week, which is a little bit abrupt, but the very next thing that Peter says launches us into a massive argument (laughs) where I even request an apology from Peter, which for anyone who knows Peter, it's not a very wise move. You'll have to listen in next week to see if I get the apology that I'm asking for. See you later. Bye-bye.